take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. When did a couple of grands seem more valuable to me than they were? Answer. When my grandparents gave me $20, but I didn't quite understand the decimal point. But it still ended up being 2,000 pennies. I'm still thankful for all of my grandparents' interactions. There were probably over 2,000 interactions in total. I lost count. The thought of the day comes from actor James Earl Jones. He is probably most well-known as the voice of Darth Vader in the Star Wars franchise. He said... I was an adopted child of my grandparents, and I don't know how I can ever express my gratitude for that, because my parents would have been a mess, you know. Hello friends, and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer up personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with spastic cerebral palsy as a result of being born with spinal meningitis two months prematurely in the 1970s. Spastic cerebral palsy is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. The spasticity occurred because of stiff or tight or involuntary muscle movements. It primarily impacted my legs and secondarily impacted my arms and hands in a milder way. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. I was the only kid with a physical disability in school. I was sometimes forced or coerced into difficult situations because of my limited options, understandings, or lack of support. As a result, I often used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. In other words, I use my brain to work through many of my physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990, or broadly accessible to me, until I was at Marist College in New York in 1991. Reasonable accommodation is an adjustment made to make fair the same system for an individual like me based on a proven need. As a result of not readily having access 
to reasonable accommodation. I often used enriched environment examples to increase my own social-emotional learning. The basics of social-emotional learning now involve self-management and social management to improve self-direction and responsible decision-making. This is episode 79. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. For the month of November, I am talking about relationships and family issues. In simpler terms, I am talking about grandparent and grandchild relationships. Today, I am talking about family solidarity. More simply, I mean the bonds of family. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I am talking about my two grandmothers. There was my Polish grandmother and my German grandmother. They both liked soap operas. My Polish grandmother liked General Hospital and my German grandmother liked Days of Our Lives. Both soap operas involved their own complicated, dramatic, and heightened issues, storylines, and situations that had complex or confusing roles that played out on screen. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the futurelearn.com website, there are six types of family bonds of solidarity. Number one, structural solidarity. Structural solidarity includes geographical distance that can constrain or enhance the interaction between family members. Number two, associational solidarity. Associational solidarity refers to the frequency of social contact between family members. Number three, effectual solidarity. Effectual solidarity is the manifestation of emotional feelings of closeness or affirmation between family members. Number four, consensual solidarity. Consensual solidarity is the different levels of agreement between political opinions or social values or religious lifestyles. Number five, functional solidarity. Functional solidarity is the exchange of financial support between family members. This can include, but is not limited to, monetary gifts, buying groceries, or sharing living spaces. Grandparents sometimes watch or babysit grandchildren when parents are working. And number six, normative solidarity. Normative solidarity refers to the strength of the obligation felt between family members. In some families, there is a great importance put on family cohesion or closeness, while other families find it acceptable to be very independent from each other. The roles that family members 
play depend on the needs and types of solidarity that different families feel. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I am talking about some of the closeness and solidarity that I had with my Polish grandmother and my German grandmother. My Polish grandmother was very smart, but she often would confuse or create her own language or combine English words. For example, growing up in the 1970s, there was a brand of underwear made for kids around superheroes. They were called underoos. My Polish grandmother combined Wonder Woman and underoos and called them Wonderoos. Another example of my Polish grandmother confusing and creating language happened when she watched the soap opera General Hospital. She frequently referred to commercial intermissions as commissions. The word commissions was her way of combining those two English words. She redefined commissions in her own way. The term soap opera referred to a television serialized drama that dealt with domestic situations and frequent hyperreality with melodramatic fights, jealousy, love affairs, etc., and far fetched plots. Since the 1970s, the General Hospital storylines have revolved around the Quartermain family and the Spencer family. In November 1981, General Hospital signature supercouple Luke and Laura Spencer got married. The episode was watched by over 30 million people and it remained the highest ratings in soap opera history. My German grandmother regularly watched the NBC soap opera Days of Our Lives. The soap opera was set in the fictional city of Salem, Illinois, and was focused on the Brady and Horton families. I became more of a fan of Days of Our Lives after seeing the character Steve Patch Johnson with an eye patch in 1986. I don't remember how he lost his eye, but the character did spend time in the Merchant Marines. I also remember the opening theme line. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. My German grandmother also dealt with TIAs or mini-strokes. I don't remember a time where my German grandmother didn't have issues with her memory. It was similar to dementia. She needed regular reminders about what went on in present day. Or she would repeat herself about every five or ten minutes. She had a great memory, however, when it came to talking about growing up in Germany before World War II. One of the stories I remember she would repeatedly tell was that she was forced by the German school system to write with her right hand. Everything else 
she predominantly did with her left hand, since she was left-handed. But she told stories of repeatedly getting hit with a ruler until she wrote only with her right hand. Another bond I made between my grandparents and soap operas was because my disability and the amount of attention, reality, and focus that I gained because of the crutches. Crutches, disabilities, and wheelchairs in my grandparents' era were equated with sickness and polio. The primary example of disability for my grandparents was former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In 1921, before becoming President of the United States, he contracted polio. His legs were paralyzed and he used a wheelchair and leg braces for the rest of his life. I felt solidarity with my Polish grandmother because of her difficulty expressing herself through language. As I previously mentioned in this episode, she made up her own words or her own definitions. I felt solidarity with my German grandmother because she had many issues with her memory and processing situations around her. Because of my crutches often getting attention in an able-bodied world, I sometimes felt like I was living in a hyper-reality of a soap opera drama. I dealt with my own physical complicated movements. I had to role play and explain my complicated situations to increase disability awareness. I also felt like I had to explain my crutches and my disability. Some of my disability issues, situations, and storylines were confusing and complex roles to play. Because of my four surgeries and some of the difficulties I had in my daily life activities, I sometimes felt like I was somewhere between general hospital and days of our lives. Were there one or two things that you heard in this episode that you could learn from or lean into? You can also find more resources in the show notes. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, 
Take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up.